What's up, world? This is the Upgrade America podcast. I'm Cameron Ra. Here with my wonderful co-host CJ the Day Slayer, man. What's good, right. man? Yo, thank you, listeners, for listening. Any subscribers hey. have any? We appreciate it. Oh yeah, we got a new country, Canada. Oh, that's what's up. Our yeah. neighbor to the north. I know, right? I think that's pretty dope. So that's that's a new that's a new one on the list. But what are we talking about today? Every counts. Every view counts, and we're, we are grateful for you for your support and your 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 feedback, even the negative feedback. Yeah. And something that I'm working on that I got feedback on is talking to the camera and not to the screen. So I got a, <laughs> I have a note on here that says look into the camera. So when I'm talking to to the audience, like I'm looking into the camera. So yeah, something we're gonna work on. But today we're gonna be discussing peace in the Middle East and um, with an emphasis on what's going on in Syria right now. So, CJ is acting uh, Secretary of State. Can you give us uh, a briefing on what's going on in the region? Basically, our allies in Syria, they were helping us like uh, squash terrorism uh, what do you call it? Groups we kind of just was like, yo, y'all on your own, <laughs> basically. Now, by, by the terrorist groups, the main one operating there was ISIS, right? I think so, yeah, if okay. I remember correctly. So I and, call back, um, back they were, uh, that was one of the big groups that were operating with them. But please, continue. Um, and it's a tricky situation because you got three countries involved. You have us, U.S., funny how that works, right? You have Turkey and you have Russia. So it's very delicate in a sense because Russia sees it as an opportunity. Turkey sees it as an opportunity, like, oh, you know. So what was the, uh, Russia's role? I kind of glazed over this. I know they said they wanted to support, was it the Kurds is who they wanted to support? Yeah, because they're, they're the group that's been an ally for us in the Middle East mm-hmm. since we've been over there being engaged. So I think, if I remember correctly, yes. But knowing Russia, Russia and Turkey have an interesting relationship. They share resources and stuff. They need each other for stuff. Okay. So um, I think it's natural gas. Does Turkey get give them most of their natural gas? Or does rush something like that? I know. I recall hearing something along that line as well. It may be from coming from Russia. I know Russia has a lot of. Uh, yeah. They have a lot of natural, uh, natural gas. Yes. But, uh, I, I don't. I don't recall. And then um, the other thing is Turkey's been trying to get into the EU for ages, and the yeah. EU is like, nah, we good. And, and Turkey's like, thing. now. Turkey is a NATO country, yes. North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Pretty much, it's like the whole conglomerate of uh, nations that came together to uh, defend Western Europe against um, against Russia. And Turkey has supported us in Afghanistan, right? Because mm-hmm. they're a NATO, uh, they're a NATO country. I, did they join the, the that coalition of forces for Iraq, though? I don't recall. I don't know either, and I, I think I do remember them being in Afghanistan. I'm trying to remember now, when I was well, there. All I'm trying to say is that they have enough credibility 
to uh, you know to join the EU. And we yeah. we have some, uh, some pretty interesting things going on in, in Turkey as far as they're kind of leaning towards a authoritarian. Yes, I was just about to say this, and I know about their prime minister based on my ex-fiance who was from Turkey. She used to inform me on how he operates. Once she started mentioning him, I started paying attention a little more. I was like, so then when 45 got elected, they're like basically the same, except he gets to run like Russia. He can do pretty much whatever he wants. Um, they did try to overturn him. I forgot what year it was. Like a military coup. They try to like take him out so they can just with uh how do you say his name? Aragon? I think it's Aragon. Something like that. But I think that was a couple years ago. They actually tried to get him up out of there with military force and they were unsuccessful. Yeah, it was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. So I guess so I, that is something to be looked at. So how do you view Turkey in this situation? <sighs> they've been itching to pound on somebody. That's how I view it. Because Turkey. they've been kind of pound on. They've been bullied like, oh, no, you can't join us. Yet they've been helping, even though they are still trying to find their way between uh, traditional Islam and Western ideals. That's the main fight within Turkey. You okay. got the prime minister's ideas more like traditional, but then you have uh, modern Turkey where they're like, yo, we're good. We don't really need to go back to that. You know, we're good, like what we're doing now. So that's another thing that plays a part. And then Russia sitting on the sidelines to me, like, <laughs> yeah. So. I feel I actually kind of feel bad for Turkey because they've been trying and it's like, yo, just let us in the club. And it's like, but at the same time. Is, uh, what the European Union and, and your consideration right now, is it worth it for them? Probably. I mean, in my opinion, looking at it like down the road, no, because I know, I mean, I've talked, who did I talk to? I talked to somebody about this. I was like, it, I mean, I think France, I think it's France, like Belgium and like Germany are carrying the EU because of all the debt issues in like Spain, mm -hmm. Greece and Portugal had uh, debt issues. So if I remember correctly, so they're kind of like tired of carrying the EU. So I don't remember their views on Brexit, those powerhouse European countries. Yeah. But um, I foresee it breaking down at some point, though. Interesting. Or a restructure with the yeah. power so, like, countries having uh, more control. Um, I know we, we took a slight detour from the Middle East. Let's yeah, see. we can go back to that. Bring, bring, it, bring it back down south. Yeah. So, uh, how would you fix that in the region, man? Like, it sucks because the one thing I liked what Forty Five did was pull out, but he did it in the wrong place. 
Like that sounds like a sexual innuendo. Yeah, I wasn't trying. Out <laughs> but removing troops from there was cool. But you gotta understand, in that situation, it's more. It's a little different. I because I was kind of looking at. We both looked at some similar material. It frustrates me because I'm looking at it like you should have did this for all the other conflicts we've been in in the first place. But forget about hindsight. Let's move forward. How would you? Do, yeah. What would you do right now if you're switching roles? You gotta sit down and talk to Turkey. I agree. You gotta go ahead and reconnect back with the Kurds in Syria because those are the people helping you on the ground. True. So. You gotta get back up. You gotta like kind of humble yourself and be like, "Hey, listen, let's make this work." You gotta go talk, ceasefires, whatever you gotta do, you gotta do it. I did check out that um, that link that you sent, the Caspian report, mm-hmm. and, and they mentioned how uh, what is the group that the Kurds are rocking with? It's called like the YPG. I believe so it's called like that. that was the Kurd, the name of the Kurds group, but they changed it because Turkey. Yeah, something democratic. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they were linked to that group, so they're no longer affiliated to what now? What was it called? The PPK, the Kurds. Yes, that's a terrorist group. Club. That's a terrorist group in Turkey. I remember them mm-hmm. from when my travels there. Are so. they still active? Yeah. Interesting, but I'm glad um, that they, uh, they they parted ways. You know, with them, it will kind of make America backing them seem more of a legitimate cause. You know, in the event, if if we chose to go that route, would you consider that? If not using U.S. troops, but uh, PMCs, paramilitary? You know how I feel about them. Um, It's tricky, but I would say I'd rather use them than American troops. They get paid for money. I agree. They know what it is. You know, I don't want to put us in harm's way for something that I don't view as. How should I put it? Like, I don't. It's not a. Re- it, it doesn't pertain to natural national defense. Yeah. I think what's going on in that region doesn't directly tie to the defense of our home front. And that's why I really would like under my administration to use military troops for defending the home front and contractors and um everything else is being outsourced we might as well outsource the dirty work for um things that don't directly let's i don't want to say don't directly tie to national defense Mm -hmm. um this to more like world policing, things of that nature. I think that should be uh, mm-hmm. outsourced. But I don't know. What do you think? I don't disagree with you on that. It's just so because we set a precedent so for so long, it's hard to step away from that. With going in and world policing per se. Um, but we do Someone need to switch to up, our, huh? Someone has to do it. <sighs> Yeah, but it's like, uh, I'm just torn on it. It's like, let's talk to these people. What do they need? Because like, what do um, they really need? You, you really got to consider. It's, okay. I would say it's a very delicate balance. Like, okay. it's 
soon as there's any inclination that our military has gone soft, then there's the rise of the whole terrorist element. And while I do not want to have troops in harm's way and troops forward deployed, like having some sort of a military or paramilitary presence in certain regions is certainly advantageous, like for global stability. But shouldn't it be like, say, all the UN countries, all the NATO countries, instead of just us doing that? Um, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. But it seems that we've already set up the, how do you say, the infrastructure for that type of industry in America. And yeah. um, these other countries, they, they, they like NATO they, they like that because we fund it. We fund 70% of it. And they really don't have to mm-hmm. bear so much of the responsibility of the security, the global security budget. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's something we'd have to talk with global leaders because terrorism, particularly with terrorist cells, they operate around the globe. It's not just one country that they're, they're operating in. They're... Uh, We've even seen it with uh, with ISIS emerging in the United States with these uh, the, the attacks that they've orchestrated. So uh, I think it's a global responsibility. But again, back to the Kurds, man. Like they're no longer affiliated with terrorism. So like military advisors, special forces, like meaning like having uh, people train their guys up so that they could be more efficient fighters, or mm-hmm. or what. Did discuss t- peace talks, and I totally agree yeah. with that. Like, you gotta have some dialogue, and you gotta mm-hmm. set some terms. But my understanding, referring back to the video, there were some negotiations with uh, what was it, a border settlement, or some like that. Like they have territories where they kind of keep the terrorists at bay, but with us, say withdrawing and not having our backing, yeah. they're left more vulnerable. Like to proportions of ethnic cleansing is what I heard read. Like they can basically get wiped out. And that also sets a precedent in other areas in the Middle East, not just Syria. Syria is just an example, I'm thinking. So you still got Iraq. You still have, um, what, Libya, I would say. I'm not sure if they got Kurds there or not. Um, Not too sure. Yeah, I would have to look that up, double check. But that's why this incident stuck out to me, because I'm like, it's going to also set a precedent for our presence in other countries. Mm-hmm. Seeing how this is planned, that was my biggest concern with Turkey, because we got two installations there, right? If Insul- I correctly. Was it Insulik? And what's the other one? I know Izmir, we do something in Izmir. That's more like civilian, like we're in civilian stuff. And yeah, it's kind of, that was a special duty assignment, right? Yeah, somebody had that. I only knew a couple holsters. people that. Where they stole the holsters? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. So I looked at that as a bad sign on how we're dealing with this because what if other countries been like, you know what? Nah, we want to take control of our military again. Uh, the the country. We don't want y'all here anymore, basically. But it does set a poor precedent for um, 
how do you say indigenous working with indigenous forces yes like um i do believe the kurds helped us substantially was it northern iraq during the iraq war pretty much all our conflicts kurds have been helping with all of that it's like um most of these military conflicts it's like yeah they're um multi-force operations joint operations but we're mm -hmm. also working with indigenous forces which and makes sense that, um to have them help us out and then in their time of need to not help them it's i don't know it does look kind of bad it's, it would make i can only assume it may make other uh nations reluctant to join forces particularly militias and un uh, recognize uh, military groups like that and may make them a bit reluctant to work with us in the future and there's conflicts uh, around the globe that uh, mm -hmm. you know you're working with little um, pretty much the rebels the people who are uh, trying to uh, oppose these uh, you know these governments but what do you think how could they that could be an opportunity us? It, it can be an opportunity for them to go to the other side to create a new enemy also. Interesting. You think they would join forces with Russia? Could be, I don't know. But you gotta think they're in a no-win situation. They need help from somewhere. Mm, so yeah, your allegiance is gonna lie on who's helping you, who's funding you, like. So that's something to consider. Um that's the one thing also I looked at. It's like, well, damn, if they've been our allies for this long, all of a sudden we like, nah, we done, we good. And then now they're like, Russia's like, oh, we'll help. <laughs> so... What's intense to help by what? Sending aid, sending weapons and equipment? Like or... Yeah, I think it was something like that. So what do they call it? Proxy wars? Like fighting yeah. wars? Other... Iran and Iraq do that all the time with these groups like the uh, Arab and the Kurds I think they use these groups to fight their own proxy wars so to speak we've been doing that for ages as the US now we'll just being strategic like what does Russia stand to gain from helping the Kurds just more assets on the ground they always trying to get a foothold in the world stage they're still kind of isolated we still got I don't know how many sanctions we still have on them because 45 is pretty chummy with Putin, so. Mm -hmm. But I don't think Congress has lifted those economic sanctions and stuff. So Russia's going to find a way to boost their shit any way possible. I suppose uh, we're going to have to do an, an entire episode just on sanctions in general. Just yeah, that's actually a good episode, actually. Um, yeah, we have to dig a little more into that, but I know it's a unique advantage to have in the Middle East. And Russia had pulled out a while back anyway. They had bombed the shit out of Syria and it was like, all right, we're done. Our mission's done. And they did that. So, I don't know. What would you do in this situation and moving forward? Like, first starting with this situation, then what would you do moving forward as president? So starting with this situation, um, I would go the military advisor route, but not necessarily using Green Berets, but their civilian counterparts like that. I would have them work very closely with the Kurds and train them up, spin them up, 
so that their own forces could, uh, you know, could defend themselves, more or less. And moreover, I suppose uh, some of these same contractors, they could be, they could join forces with them as well. But ideally, because we have somewhat of a relationship with Turkey, they're in NATO, like we have some sort of an alliance, like before any of that occurred, I suppose we'd have to have that conversation. We'd have to sit down and talk, maybe invite Russia too, but I don't know, I kind of have a feeling they might instigate. <laughs> They're playing devil's advocate or something, like, I don't know. That'd be a pretty bold, that'd pretty be a pretty bold move to invite Russia and Turkey together. That would be nice, actually. Be interesting. See how that plays out. Because you already mentioned that Russia and Turkey are already having a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I'm something about the gas, the natural gas exchange, so I'm pretty sure they could be cordial. And then oh, absolutely. That Russia was trying to help the Kurds anyway. So, like, might as well um, invite them. Perhaps they could even sweeten the deal or help uh, co-mediate with uh, yeah. the states. Perhaps that would even uh, strengthen relations with, with, with Russia and the United States, too. But I think... Um, Going down the diplomatic approach, mm-hmm. do that first. Try to really work on some um, some negotiations, and because I think something that would really help is, uh, and I'm really not too sure on the mm-hmm. situation, but it was that thing with the land. I think like the Kurds went like five kilometers or something like that, or maybe been five miles. I don't recall, but yeah. uh, they needed that area like let's negotiate that and then i'm pretty confident we can make something work but everybody wants something and when you get them what they want people tend to be happy for a moment so what what about will we ever acquire peace in the middle east do you ever think in our lifetime we will see that (laughs) Hmm, peace in the middle east yeah i'm gonna be cynical but um <laughs> I want to say no because it's like so much going on, man. It's it's um. I mean, you really look at it. We hopped all around the Middle East, you know. But wait, they had conflict there. Iraq been there, done that. Syria's popping, and then we've come inches away to you know to popping it off with Iran like there's so much going on and it's almost like you fix one thing and then you break something else but um I'm gonna say yeah there'll be peace in the Middle East but it's gonna take a uh, it's gonna take a miracle and I suppose I do believe in miracles I I just can't say what it is but yeah, again, yeah. I think it will all come down to negotiations and seeing what everyone wants and finding a way to do a, a, a mutual exchange and, and getting people what they want and you would have some stability. But um, there's um, always those... There's, it, it almost seems like it's, a, it's the breeding grounds for so many terrorist organizations. And that's why it's like, say, peace in the Middle East. I think among nations, 
like nation states. Yeah, I'm very confident we can reach those goals where like actual nations, heads of states can get along and be cool. But as long as there are people, there will be organizations that are opposed against certain ideas and uh, policies. So the war on terrorism is never going to end. We went from alpaca, no, not alpaca, al-Qaeda, to ISIS, to whatever came next, and then it, it's just one thing after the next. So, to answer your question, yes. Peace in the Middle East among nations, among um, groups and terrorist organizations, not so much. That may be a while. I what think, I think I if we can bring the instability of the Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, if we were to eliminate their instability as a global community, not just the U.S., then I think peace would start there. Because now they're all up to snuff. Economy, jobs, food, shelter, medicine, all that stuff. Business, trade. I think that would be the key to getting peace in the Middle East. And I have a different look on terrorism as we talk about it. Okay. I feel like it's people, there are zealots. There are people that like highly, like, I hate you. Mm -hmm. We're going to push it up. We're going to do whatever. But that also feels a segment of we're tired of being stomped on by these nations that have a different culture than us, they don't even try to understand our culture. Or just because we oppose something, y'all just gonna come in here and smash us up. So yeah, we are gonna fight back. It's human nature, it's animal nature or biology to fight back when somebody's attacking you, per se. So I, I look at it kind of in those two segments, and you also, we got terrorism in our own country we need to really be worried about. Versus global terrorism, that's, you gotta think, over the globe, those each of those areas have their own different challenges with terrorism. True. Shooters and, and things mm -hmm. of that nature, and um, we don't need that. It's about to be 2020, and we all need the peace and harmony, all that good stuff. I I think I don't disagree with you. My my concern is how America treats crime based on who it is. So, I'm just going to put it out there. If you're Middle Eastern, Islam, extreme, they're going to all over you, right? Your hate groups and all that, mm, it depends. If they don't have a choice, it's in their face, everybody sees it, alright, we got to do something. But, very reluctant to come down on hate groups like say neo-nazi whatever then with gangs and stuff associated mm -hmm. with other ethnic groups it tends to be like ah we don't really want to mess with them because they keep the ecosystem going with crime and money and you gotta remember there's money tied to that gang stuff too you do you you do uh raise a very valid point and i suppose that's one of the reasons why i want to legalize cocaine not not crack rocks and everything along that nature but 
more or less a, a refined product, a more safer product that could be regulated, controlled, and distributed to uh, a consenting adults rather than um, through the black market enterprise on, on the streets. And as you mentioned, it's like that is an industry that's fueling uh, that's fueling violence, that's resulting in, in violence. And I think that by shrinking that black market, you're going to eliminate a lot of that violence. Absolutely, um, it's something I definitely radical, can agree. Radical decision, I know, but crazy times need crazy solutions. Um, but I'm saying that they get they, and I get that, like um, that they're generating wealth, like you know, for instance, cop salaries, lawyer salaries, judges' salaries, bail <laughs> bondsman salaries. Yeah, <laughs> the whole the drug game is um, it's it's yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, it's making a lot of money because. Let's be real. When when all that cocaine comes in, you see how they seize it. It's metric tons coming on and submarines, sometimes shipping containers. Yeah. They can't seem to find that all the time, but they can find a, a wee little piece of a wee little quarter brick in, in, in you know, someone's apartment in the hood. And yeah. it's like, brother, good work, guys. Like, well, that's, that's my only concern because we've spoken about this, like, just saying i'll just give an example black americans speaking out we can be labeled as a black identity extremist indeed so you know if you already got a label for us for being a terrorist that's not hard to do they can do that to anybody so you do but yeah, that's an interesting fact because then it's like then you can like call anyone a witch you know in a witch hunt but exactly. not ending um I don't want to uh, the whole rapid execution, expedited executions for active shooters and things of that nature. Not for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, I am for being uh, more aggressive towards these organizations and organizations that employ violence. Like, um, I, 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 I'm totally for using more force. To uh, neutralize them, I suppose. Um, That's just my opinion. What else you got for the Middle East? What else do you I see? Oh man, we're far from the Middle East. We're like in Chicago right now. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking that, yeah, that's all I have really on the Middle East. I just get concerned with the, our history of helping people or backing groups. Mm-hmm. It's coming back to haunt us now. I feel like this is one of the examples of it coming back to haunt us, possibly. So you don't think we should back groups in the future? <sighs> Not really. I think we should, like I told you, like like we discussed on the Iran podcast. I forgot which one, but y'all check that out. Um, we should take more of those approaches in the future. And you also got to think about these refugees pouring into the EU from Turkey, Syria, and all that. You know, like my ex. Go ahead. Got all these perfect countries, like mm-hmm. I don't know the Scandinavian countries, where they have all these, like it's supposed to be like perfect democracies and things of those nature, but mm-hmm. their population is like what the size of what America, certain American states. So yeah. I think, um, why not 
you guys got it figured out. Why not send them some of these refugees up there? Oh, they do take them in, but they've been like, all right, that's too I'm talking about lower. I'm talking about the, to these countries where the populations are very low. I think the lowest one out of that will, would be Iceland would probably be the lowest out of those countries. Oh, there you go. Um, I don't, it's tricky, man, because it's right on their doorstep. So it's kind of like what we go through with Central America and Mexico on our doorstep. Same concept. Um, I and that's a I, that's a whole another discussion as well. Like with refugees, is, I think I don't know if you have to go through a country to get to another country to seek asylum in that other country. You should be seeking asylum in the first country that you get to. But what is the limit on that? Those are the questions. Like, what's going to happen once they settle there? You're going to educate them, feed them, clothe them? Like, not saying you shouldn't, but every country got their own limits. You know what I'm saying? Or their set of values. And, and I totally agree with you. But here's the thing. And I know we're all around the world. We're mm-hmm. going, let's take it back down to South America. But it's beautiful country, beautiful nation, lots of natural resources. And it's just you got a couple jerk offs who can't manage the books right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, call me crazy or maybe I'm just not seeing a bigger picture. But if you stabilize that region, i.e., pump some money into there and, you know, stabilize it or negotiate a deal with this guy to get him out of office or, or whatever but if you fix that wouldn't it stop most of the refugees yeah and I, I, I don't know that's what I'm, I'm just i'm just curious I, I think it would i mean they're running away you spent more trying to fix venezuela and all these other countries down there mm-hmm. trying to fix it or would you spend more housing feeding and, and taking in countless refugees. What do you think? You know me. I'm gonna say go fix it. You know, I don't I, mind I, what you were talking about. <laughs> Jobs, all that stuff. That's it's, what it uh, it's a multifaceted. But the the main thing is like, like um, I want to say hey, we have to stage a coup in Venezuela. But what do you do with that? Because that guy's not trying to give up the power. Well, we got to... Military is pretty much... The military is pretty much backing him. So it's like, if you can be like, hey, generals, guys, we got a new guy. He's cool. Like, take a couple million. Like, rock with us. Pay off your troops. And, um, you know, so they rock with us too. And fix Venezuela. That's that's the problem. We're so entrenched with all these situations. That's why there's issues in the country. Well, it's the reason why I want to get further entrenched is because while Venezuela is like you know they're they're experiencing this hyperinflation, they're mm-hmm. sitting on a boat ton, and, and boat ton is an under exaggeration. What's like? Mm-hmm. I, one of the biggest reserves in the world. A shit ton of oil. That's a, the easiest way to say it. But mm-hmm. I would kind of want to join forces with them. We could use that oil not as a, not so much to claim it, but to 
you know when you get a credit card you can get like an authorized lender yeah i would want to be an authorized user on uh, venezuela's oil for their credit account so america you could get more credit mm-hmm. essentially perhaps we could i don't know do something with the deficit and all these programs that need to be funded because I really think America is essentially it's a, it's a person, right? Mm-hmm. She's, a, she's a very beautiful person. And just like people will always be in debt. You pay off debt and then you get more debt. You know, it's like, yes, you paid off your car. Now you need another car. So you're getting another loan to get another car or, or what have you. But you're always going to be in debt. And America is always going to be in debt. But if we can yeah. manage that debt. Use the oil as collateral so that we can take out more loans, or you know, and we can really upgrade America. Just a thought. <laughs> That's a whole another podcast. That's I'm just shaking my head like. True indeed. True indeed. So peace in the Middle East. Um, I don't know, man. We got to sit down and talk. So like, yo, um, Russia, Putin, like, holla at me. We can meet with the Turks who I mean the Turks yeah yeah Turks. the Turks who's and leading the um the Kurds yeah I don't think they have like a leader though really Kurds yeah I don't think Problem. so you need a uh not necessarily because if you got a leader you can take them out so it's actually not a bad strategy interesting I suppose well either way we all need to have a a um a parlay and, and make this happen so, thanks everybody for joining on the Upgrade America podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.